Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. I've spent my life trying to build something here. Growing up, a non-white, non-straight girl in Blue Springs, Nebraska. I wouldn't wish to excite your anticipation. I never asked to be made! You're exactly the hero I wanted you to be. The theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Soner, available for you on the Free Music Archive. My name is Kylie, and here with me are Gretchen. Hello! And Julia. Hey, everyone! The three of us write for thefundamentals.com for fundamentally sound fandom analysis and... And we just got a new website theme that looks so much better. It uh, scrolls. It works on mobile. It's so slick. It works on mobile, guys. Imagine that. <gasps> I know. I know. The, like, you have to hit a button to go to the comment section. That's the one slight change that's, like, a little negative. But mm-hmm. aside from that, I'm in love with this theme. And it actually, like, features all of our pieces at the top instead of you playing scavenger hunt on it. So Yay. a lot of fun. And the mobile thing, too. It's just great. So so check it out. We've got all sorts of musings about geeky me- media, uh, whether it's breaking news or, you know, trailer releases sometimes we cover. Of course, we have our reviews. We have our deeper analysis pieces, book reviews, all of that. Come on over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not sorry. Speaking of geeky things that we're totally on top of. We like to start off this podcast by chatting about news, and then we also thought that we would keep this episode light, because last time we were talking about, like, homophobia the entire time? Yeah. For a really long time. So let's let's just have some levity. We're going to be talking about sitcoms and the best of what's on TV, just, you know, you're flipping channels, nothing's on that you particularly care about, what do we put on, that kind of thing. Right. So, should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's start out with some news that is less fun, though. You mean, Yay. like, people talking when they should really just shut up? Right? <laughs> like, James Cameron, who no one ever oh wants to hear from Okay, ever. fine, you like your characters better than this other character. It doesn't, like, okay, fine, you don't have to <sighs> make some kind of non-existent feminist argument about it. Right. Yeah, because he d- has come out and said that Wonder Woman was a step back for feminism. Unlike... Unlike Natiri in Avatar. Right, because like Wonder Woman was objectified and too pretty, I think was like the gist of it was like she was too beautiful. I'm not like, okay, so Sarah Connor, like the examples he used to Sarah Connor and Scott, like, uh, what's her face? Ridley? Ridley, yeah. Those are Mm -hmm. both great female characters. I'm not arguing that. And great Mm -hmm. action heroes. But like, what the fuck is this point? Like, seriously. I don't know. I have a little bit of confusion because she, she's, a very attractive woman, but I didn't find anything remotely like pervy about the way it was filmed. No, at all. And but like, like the point that like people on Tumblr like to make about Wonder Woman is that like she is in many ways conventionally feminine, and she's an action hero. Yeah, you know that's something that's something that like you know Sarah Connor was lacking, for example. But you apparently, know. it's a step back. Yeah, she likes she likes babies and ice cream. You know, like that's not a bad thing. No. You can yeah, like well, babies and ice cream and still be badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, uh, how the director is that a step Woman, Oh my god, what's her name? Why is this slipping? Patty Jenkins. Jen- yeah, Patty Jenkins. She kind of like had a long post about why she felt James Car- Cameron had a a misguided. Uh, this was on Twitter. A misguided understanding of what feminism was mm-hmm. and that. You know, the idea that, like, a woman has to sort of suffer and be, like, a little beat up and brutal to be considered a strong woman is actually just as constraining as, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. saying feminine women can't be in this mold. So that giving Diana the space to be feminine and to be in that outfit that she was in while it's not filmed. I'm sorry, it was not filmed in a voyeuristic way in the slightest. Like, you can I don't know what he's talking about. And for all of the people, like James Cameron... Who, like, in his alien franchise, Avatar, um, so the, the aliens he created are not mammals? No, not at all. But they have boobs. Yeah. And, and they in have an interview, to. yeah. In an interview with Playboy, he's like, yeah, we had to give him boobs. Right? And he actually, like, he says that he wants the audience to lust over these characters that are, like, made of ones and zeros. And I'm like, so, okay, so James Cameron, like, you, 
are mad at the objectification in Wonder Woman, and yet you have flat out said that you created alien creatures with boobs for objectification. Mm-hmm. What objectification? Like, this is going to be really random, but like Ariana Grande talks about a lot about how like any expression of female sexuality, like you know, like putting your tits out, for example, is seen as like an attempt to pander to a male audience, right? You know, like it's not possible for a woman to like. Like, cause like, like Kylie said, the costume isn't sexualized. It just happens to, like, you know, not be exactly covery. But there's nothing yeah. about it that's just like, come and fuck me. It's just kind of like, this is what I'm wearing and this is my body. This you is know? what I'm yeah. wearing and she looks amazing there. because she's an amazing looking person. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, she was an aerobics instructor for the Israeli army, so, you know. <laughs> She's fit. All right, moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about another director. Uh, Joss Whedon's ex-wife thinks he's literal garbage. Okay, good for her. Like, I'm I'm referencing uh, Julius. I know. Well, I'm, and I'm referencing like the discourse. So, um, like, I'm not sure this is news. No, Kay Cole came out uh, mm-hmm. with an interviewer a disclosure or something a tell all about that she feels Joss Whedon's a feminist hypocrite. And he's one of those, like, nice guys who says he's such a feminist, but then is, you know, cheating on her on the side during Buffy and all this kind of stuff. Right. It's like, okay. I'm not sure how those two things are related, but okay. I mean, I didn't need to know, (laughs) I didn't need to know this about her relationship, but, like, it's not as though I ever idolized Joss Whedon. Mm -hmm. No, this is, like, the, I know, as soon as you call yourself a feminist, like, this is especially true for women who call themselves feminists, but, like, men aren't completely immune from it, like you're held to this kind of standard and like any kind of moral failing kind of means you're a failure as a feminist as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how fair that, like, I'm not trying to defend Joss Whedon. Like I'm, I don't really have much interest in doing that. And it's perfectly possible to be like a crap sack husband and be a feminist is my point. <laughs> right. And I'm not like, I don't I know. I think what she was saying is that he tries to market himself yeah. as like a feminist branded dude. And mm-hmm. he's not at all is what she was saying. She might be right. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I just, like, this is one of those things where I'm like, okay, what do I do with that? Yeah, exactly. What do I do now with this I information? Know. Like, now I know, but, like, I still really enjoyed his shows. Yeah, and, like, this isn't, you know, not something coming them, out but... as though it's Woody Allen, like, those revelations or something. It's not It's not something that comes mm-hmm. out and you'd be like, oh, wow, blacklist this dude. It's just... Right, yeah. One okay. of the One of the articles that's been going around has included this information alongside, like rape accusations of like someone else totally unrelated and i am not sure that it's the best thing to like compare like a serial cheater with someone who's accused of it's it's not like this is unfortunate yeah like i I don't think i'm sorry your marriage didn't work out (laughs) really right like (laughs) even if even if he's a dude like sure he's a douchebag like Mm -hmm. even if like he is like a total douche nozzle like okay what like does that mean that he's like the same level as Bill Cosby? Which an article that's going around like puts him in the same le- like is having the same discussion of like Bill Cosby, and I just like I don't know that that's the most helpful direction for this well, conversation when to you go. Cheat on people, everyone is consenting. <laughs> it's not. Hey, we've we've had two pieces of negative news. What's something positive? Um. Oh. Um, the writers and showrunners of One Day at a Time are going to be at Klexicon next year, and I'm super excited. That's kind of awesome. Is that, I love super, that is that the super gay, uh, yes. comic? With no. The... What? No? No, is that the what? one where, um, Poison Ivy and... No, oh, no, that's Bombshells. That's Bombshells? One Day at a Time is a sitcom. Uh, yeah, One Day at a Time is a, it's a TV show. It's not, um... Yeah, it's like a, it's a Netflix, like, TV show about, um... A um, Latinx family, and the daughter comes out during the oh, course. Oh, can you the put show. those two those two bullet points together? And really confuse me. I thought one day at a time was like a Joker comic. Oh no, <laughs> no, they're just they're just under it. Okay, so let's no, not at all. Okay, let's start again. <laughs> I just wanted a piece of good news here. No, 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 it's fine. But um, they're gonna be at Clexicon as our Gretchen and I. So yeah. we're kind of hype, and that's pretty cool that they landed someone you know with that caliber. Yep. For Clexicon. But let's talk about the Joker, because Joey brought it up. 
Well, it's the point after duh, over this point, so... The DCEU decided that with all the hype surrounding Wonder Woman and how positive it is, and all the uh, non-hype surrounding Suicide Squad and how everyone ripped apart Jared Leto's Joker, what we need are actually not one, but two Joker movies. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe, they, a... maybe they, like, you know, want to do something interesting to the character and they feel they didn't do it. No. <laughs> nope. It's gonna be a gritty Joker origin story mm-hmm. and another Joker Harley movie, or maybe this is the same one. I think it's two separate ones and the joker harley movie is going to be written by the people who did crazy stupid love right because that mm-hmm. sounds so is that the one with the gif you always use of that person who's just like i'm so sexy i don't give a shit about the chick flick but why on earth would you have people who wrote that write joker and harley the last thing this relationship should be is romanticized no yeah yeah not at all it shouldn't be written as a rom-com no and maybe they have a bigger depth, but that's not exactly like, yeah. I don't know, good to see, heartening. I can't say I'm super excited about it. I'm not super excited about it either. I just hope this doesn't take the place of the, um, weren't they going to do, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but they were going to do like a spinoff with like Harley and like other female characters. Uh, oh, 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 I think they're still doing that. Okay, that's good. No, the, the that's Wonder all Woman I care was about. so fucking huge, like... But it would be the, just so stupid of them not to follow up on that. That mm-hmm. I can't remember. I think Megan Fox was Ivy in it, so I have some questions about that direction. But whatever. We'll see. What, you don't like Megan Fox's acting? I'm actually a bigger <laughs> fan of Megan Fox than I really particularly want to talk about at the moment. <laughs> Let's move on, because we don't want the news to go too long. You know what is another movie that we are really hyped about? That no one wants. <laughs> I can't uh, I don't know. I've this. always wondered about Jabba the Hutt's origin. They're making a fucking like, Jabba the Hutt origin how, how did he build that criminal empire where he participated in slavery? God. I want to know about it. How big was he when he was born? Was he like a turd size or was he like... <laughs> you haven't seen uh, the Clone Wars with the little baby hut? I haven't. Yeah, there is no? a baby hut. It's yeah, about the God. size of like a two-year-old. Okay, all right, that's fair. But yeah, the the job of the hut backstory, and <laughs> and of all the characters to give a backstory to, just who who the fuck cares? <laughs> who like honestly, who cares? Who asked for this? Why? Why? I don't. What? Well, we can watch that after we get, you know, the gritty reboot of Boba oh Fett's gosh. origins. Or... No. Uh, I don't Oh, care. I'm sorry. Yeah, we know speaking Boba Fett's of, origins. Speaking of uh, Star Wars characters, I'm sure everyone will love. Yeah? Amelia Clark. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Amelia Clark is <laughs> <laughs> officially playing Han Solo's love interest in the standalone. Uh, I think her so character name is like... Guys. Character names like Kira. I've seen reports of Kira and also Kura, but Kira Kura. Th- yeah, that sounds like Kura. some kind of Japanese yeah. candy. And people are freaking out about it mm. in a good way or in a bad it's way. Bad like way. bad a, way. This lady can't act. What are you doing? Kind of way. Um. Interestingly enough, that's not one of the major arguments being made. Though that is also true. Um, she can't act. Like, I think people. There are rumors that like. She's going to be styled a lot like Leia and have a very similar personality type. Um, and that she dies what? at the end of the movie. And so those rumors are fueling this frustration that Han is only in love with Leia because Kira, whoever this character is, is the true love of his life. And that Leia just reminds him of her. Yeah, that's not likely. Well, I mean, I think we need to see the movie first. Yeah. But I think right. this, this speaks to a bigger problem where they don't really know another character to write besides a sarcastic plucky lady like that brunette who else could we pair with a rogue um i mean there are characters from like the comics and the extended universe that they could have brought in for not romantic reasons and would have been interesting um sorry i'm super i'm super bitter that we were not getting sonostaros because she would have been fucking awesome i'm I'm just a little bit annoyed that uh, like are we going to be getting every single beat of han's story's life in this film Sure. I don't know. Because the more I'm hearing about it, the less I want to see it, but the more I want to see it, because it's <laughs> going to be a train wreck. Right. Right. And, it, like, of course, like, she's a brunette female character, so everyone is, you know, talking about Ray's ancestry. Oh, right, because all brunettes are related. And <laughs> Amelia Clark speaks with a uh, a similar accent to Daisy Ridley, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's definitely, accents are definitely genetic, so you should definitely. Yeah. Right, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, Jen Urso's dead, so it can't be her. She can't be Ray's mom. 
Oh, she could have had, like, you know, a secret baby somewhere. The fucking Star Wars fandom, I swear. <laughs> um, Speaking of Star Wars fandom, last bit of news is that there might be an Obi-Wan film in the works. I'm I'm actually genuinely excited for that if they get Ewan McGregor. I think go for it if it's Ewan. He's actually a capable actor. I don't know what Ewan. it would be. Is it, is it just going to be him, like, I assume- moping around the desert? Probably. Well, yeah, I mean, there's some... There are some stories in the comics about what he does while he's on Tatooine that could be yeah, like potentially that. interesting. So what does he do while he's on Tatooine? Well, like he has to watch out for Luke and he there's a couple of story arcs where we see the ways that he tries to like take care of and protect Luke without Luke knowing that he exists. Fighting um, like he is dangerous. Yes. Um, he like confronts some of Jabba's slaving operations. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe it could tie into the Jabba. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, we are pretty much out of time for news, so, uh... The Xena uh, reboot got nixed, is now officially buried. Yeah. Yep. Which is fine, honestly. I I was a little worried about what that would be like. It would have been fun, but I have a feeling they would have galpaled the fuck out of her and uh, Gabriel. Um, yeah. I have theories, but we don't need to go into those. Um, I mean, the last bit of exciting news so we can end on a happy note was this week overwatch released one of its new like short feature films so overwatch is a game by blizzard um and it features may who's one of the characters um and snowball who's her little droid companion Mm -hmm. and it's like super adorable and also really sad and like yeah it's delightful sad robots huh well like yeah it's very moving do you like marvin the paranoid android what from, I don't think I know what that is. From Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh! Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to ask if you liked Wally, but that's good, too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's He's adorable. Glum, I don't know. Wally. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. On that note, we are going to transition into our first section. Yeah. you got to put the sword down, Diana, please. It doesn't go with the outfit. At all. All right, so for our first segment, um, we are going to be doing what I like to call the best of what's on. So, <laughs> meaning when it's, you know, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> and you just want to have something on TV, um, what is it that we go to that are those just like, I could, I could watch this while I'm doing something else or I could have this on in the background, um, and would enjoy it. You go first, Gretchen. Um, okay, so, yeah, the reason, I guess the reason we're having this conversation was because earlier this week this came up with someone else I was talking to online about how much I re- okay, I really love Columbo. Like, like I love they Columbo. They give away the answer in the beginning of the episode. But Peter Falk is delightful. Like, he's so delightful. He's the quintessential just like, he is delightful. Rumpled policeman, and he's so <laughs> clever, but he never, like, talks down to anyone. Like, he's smart without being, like, an auteur, you know? Like, compared to all of the, like, crime shows on TV now where, um, you know, the detective figures things out because he, because it's typically, like, a, a young, attractive white male, is just so much smarter than everyone around him, and that's why he knows. Like, Peter Falk is just this, like, you know benign middle-aged guy who's super nice and super genuine and like he's not necessarily smarter than the criminals he just is persistent and pushes them to the point where they finally give in and i just find it delightful like there's like it's never like makes me sad or angry it just makes me happy (laughs) i just like the uh, episode of new girl where nick finds a coat that looks like columbo's coat and he's like wearing it around all day under with a t-shirt under it because he thinks it makes him look so badass <laughs> i don't really think of colombo as badass but okay <laughs> no i know i mean n- neither is nick that's <laughs> the point right that's so nice and it's always on yeah right, yeah it's it's like what the hallmark movie channel right uh i don't have that channel but i have like a, the equivalent i think it's called ion <laughs> it's some kind okay. of you know whatever local old-timey TV show channel that also probably plays like Murder She Wrote or oh, like she wrote. Dragnet or something. Murder She Wrote is the best show ever. I mean, like, everyone this woman meets dies. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most dangerous town in Maine that doesn't involve right? Stephen King. <laughs> it's like this sleepy little town in Maine where there's a murder like every week. And how many nieces, nie- uh, nieces and nephews does that woman have? 
I don't know. And apparently, like, all the men <laughs> think Not she's... that many anymore. <laughs> and she always gets, like, the men are always falling in love with her, too. <laughs> well, it's Angela Lansbury. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Julia, what do you watch when nothing else is on? You know what? Well, there's two things I watch. The one I watch continually is nature documentaries. Yeah, especially yeah. nature documentaries uh, narrated by David Attenborough, my, my future husband. <sighs> I do um, like David Attenborough. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> and, like, I, I think I've seen Pla- Planet Earth and Planet Earth 2 about, like, a dozen times. <laughs> and sometimes I listen to it in French, so I feel like I'm, you know, learning. Ooh. Yeah, even though that's not David Attenborough. But the guy who does who does it in, like, uh, Canadian French is pretty cool. Um... And yeah, I I watch a lot of CrossFit videos, man. Of course you do. So many CrossFit videos. Oh god, videos. I know you do. And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I was too busy watching watching these clean and jerks. <laughs> like, okay, dude. No, it, it's it's like they're both kind of like soothing in the in the same way, right? Like you just you know, I I sit and like I I futz with my scheduling spreadsheets, or I do some some knitting and have yeah, some CrossFit exactly. on in the background. It's yeah. Or like while you cook or something like that, put on your mm-hmm. makeup. You just have you just have it on. It's very nice. Yeah. No, I get it. But who wrote in all caps Food Network? I wrote Kylie. <laughs> okay. So here's the here's the dealio. Um I don't have cable anymore because I'm a millennial. Although Gretchen has very kindly uh, shared with me a TV streaming service, so I can watch TV if I so choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these days, I am more likely than not if I'm just trying to put something on, I'll put on Twitch and I'll watch. Uh, speed runs of Zelda games in and Polish. That's my go-to entertainment. What in Polish? Some no, the Polish guy. He streams Morrowind. I ha- uh. I haven't found a Polish Zelda streamer yet. Um, no, she watches. Just... She watches these streams in Polish, and then like every once in a while, she like texts me and asks me what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, because like the chat will be gone. What's going on here? I like watching. I like watching random German streams for Breath of the Wild. Don't ask me why. It's just kind of like relaxing. And then uh, there's something about speedrunning that I adore because it's the same thing over and there's just that repetition. And there's a couple of streamers that are just really relaxing with uh, Wind Waker HD and Majora's Mask mostly. Anyway, that's like niche. But when I had cable, I can watch anything on the Food Network at all times. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. Chopped is like one of my favorite shows in existence. I love Chopped. I remember really wa- liking House Kitchen. There's nothing yeah. good about House Kitchen, but I liked watching it. I love Master Chef. I do yeah, love. That's Master not Chef. on Food Network, but I love Master Chef and Master Chef Junior. I'm actually a Top Chef fan, girl. So it's a little contentious here. Oh. Uh, you guys should watch Top Chef Canada. Ooh. Yeah. Does it have the same judges? Yeah. As- the, du- the judges, judges make it. With, uh, what's her name? Padma and, uh, Tom Colicchio and, yeah. Mm-hmm. But one of the, my favorite things about Chopped is how, like, disgusted the judges get with what they're eating. <laughs> like, Alex Gordishelli has become my problematic fave. Which, which is the judge on, uh, Top Chef who, like, gets really anal about not skinning peppers? Uh, not skinning peppers. Yeah, like, not- leaving the skin on the peppers. I don't remember them, yeah. any of them getting that anal about that, to my knowledge. That's like a lot of work to skin a pepper. I mean, Gail Simmons is my favorite mm-hmm. judge yeah. on Top Chef. I think she's just real and she's not like, she's not trying to be funny or anything. She's just honest about all of it. Uh, Tom Colecchio is the one that comes with the like, oh, I've got the knowledge, you know? But uh, I don't know. Alex Gornichelli is the really pissy one on Chopped and I just love her so much. <laughs> she's funny. She'll just be like, is this truffle oil because it overwhelmed the whole palate um i also am kind of a sucker for reality shows like i can watch hours of american ninja warrior american Uh ninja warrior which i know julia probably likes because of her crossfits and then flying there but okay when i lived with my sister she was always keeping up with the kardashians or watching jersey shore and it just it's a state of being i'm not happy about but I can I can watch it. I can do it. Bachelor and Bachelorette are obviously my favorite reality show, but they don't really air reruns as much as you think. Um, but American Ninja Warrior is great because they do like four or five hour blocks of it. Yeah, they do. They'll just like show them in a row. And I don't know why I care so much because every time, oh, 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 no, they're not going to do the spider wall, well, the spider climb. <laughs> it's not going to go well this time. I, I don't know why I care about watching it over and over again, but it's just oh, there's something really nice about it. I do like to watch Jesse Graff do it. Um. Yes, because she's the stunt woman, right? Yeah. She well, she's Supergirl stunt woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So it's fun. It's always fun to see her do well. Or the um Casey, the little tiny girl who's like five feet tall. Yes. 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 Um, That's pretty impressive. Right. What they're able to do. Yeah. I that impresses me because she's so itty bitty. Yeah, because she's at such a disadvantage. But yeah, in general, I don't have cable. So uh, one thing I've started doing is sometimes on there's certain shows that you can watch on YouTube because no one cares about copyright claims, mm-hmm. like So Little Time by Mary Kate Nashley, mm-hmm. which is maybe one of the worst shows in existence. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! Have you ever seen oh. uh, Zoe 101? <laughs> <laughs> not not frequently, I wouldn't think. I don't know what that is. Classic Disney Channel movies, too. If they're on, Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for I'm Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. All citizens must watch it. Yeah, I know. That's what I was referencing. Uh, I have a local local access channel um, that um, will play roller derby, like local roller derby, like the Mad Roland Dolls. Oh, that's kind of cool. Right. I didn't know. I knew nothing about roller derby. Until a couple of months ago when I discovered that this local access channel will play that on Saturday afternoons. Um, and now I've like, I turn it on and it's actually really enjoyable once I figured out the rules. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, I had to like read up on it cause they don't explain it. Cause I mean, it's just local announcers. So, yeah. um, but the funny thing is, is, um, we recognize people. Like I recognize, I'll be like, Oh, I know that person. I didn't know they did roller derby. <laughs> It's hilarious. What is the appeal about this? Because I've gotten glued to my TV watching just stupid shit (laughs) over and over again. So what? What is it about these? Just like, eh, whatever. We'll we'll turn this on. We'll watch Columbo. We'll watch Columbo again. Is the thing, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. I have seen every episode of Planet Earth. I promise you. But I'm I'm gonna watch it right now. Right, do. right, and it's it's not like when I rewatch, you know, Korra or yeah. something, where you you can tease out more. You could just like f- enjoy it in a different way, pay attention to something else. Like these are these things that we're listing. I've seen the same Chopped episode multiple times. They're not going to get more nuanced. No, I mean, there's no. there's only so much I can learn from like cutter, cuttlefish mating rituals. <laughs> like, they're really cool, and there's like this cool music, but but I think I've, I've learned all I can from that particular sequence. <laughs> oh my god. It's really, no, it's, it's like, Kylo Fisher is super cool, Kylie. Super cool. Okay. I think for me, sometimes it's that, it's nice to have my brain partially engaged, but not having to think a whole lot. Yeah. Like, I don't want to just, like, stare at nothing. Or it may be like Julia, like, I have some crocheting to do, or, like, I'm cooking dinner, and I just want something on in the background. Like, I just want some, like... White noise. Yeah, but not that's white how I, noise. that's how I listen to history podcasts too. Like I have so yeah. many history podcasts. I just I listen to them like you know while I'm walking just to the bus or anything like that. You know, and just right. You don't want silence. <laughs> yeah, when you don't want silence, but you don't want to like have to pay a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've got like podcasts too, but they're podcasts that I know I should be listening to. They're like my political podcasts mostly, and there's just sometimes I'm like, man. I can't actually pay attention to anything that makes me think. Even my linguist's podcast, like, sometimes I just want nothing. Right, yeah. But enough nothing that my brain doesn't think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a really good way to think about it. Yeah, so that's why I do Twitch. And then, like, because, you know, you, you kind of start to learn about the different streamers' personalities. And I always feel a little bit creepy because they're definitely much younger than me, usually. So I'm just, like, chilling in these, like, 20-year-old boys' streams. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any more you guys have to say about this before we transition into our fun segment? You guys should all watch nature documentaries. They're, like, the smart person's Twitch streams. <laughs> I actually really, really, really want people to start watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette for me. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about it. No, you don't so have to. Just watch Burning Love. Well, always watch Burning Love, definitely. Okay, so, like, the, the season that just finished with, like, apparently she, like, chose the wrong man. Everybody in my place of work was so upset the next day. Like, people were angry. It was oh, so wow. fucking weird. And I was yeah, like, what I mean, are you she, talking she about? obviously made the wrong choice. It was it was kind of crazy. <sighs> okay. But she was, she, yeah, you know, she had a dud group, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. Seriously, watch the show. It's terrible. I, I just get mad because they're just like, will he propose? And I'm just like, you know, she is the person who's doing the choosing. Why doesn't she fucking propose? How does well, this make maybe sense? Maybe because they were dating for six weeks. No, just, ugh. 
I mean, like, they have to, they have to even shoehorn this into this stupid little patriarchal paradigm of engagement. Yeah, ah. yeah, the Bachelor and Bachelorette is not very breaking out of that whole No. <laughs> it's, it's actually structured around it, but, uh, but yes, I, yeah. yes, I, I got that. Impression. Let's, let's, let's get on. Oh, hey, speaking of patriarchal modes, this transitions nicely into our fun segment, cause we're gonna be talking about social issues in our standing series, Game of Thrones versus the Star Wars prequels. Yay! The inside very fresh, very vegetal. Alright, I don't know if you guys remember, but two episodes ago? Three episodes ago? Didn't we start comparing Game of Thrones to the Star Wars prequels? Because we're like, hey, they're the same in quality. <laughs> yeah. That was two episodes and, ago, I think. Yeah, and we started with production value, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was our say something nice part, I think. Because <laughs> um, now we're going to start talking about the social issues, which could be an hour and a half podcast in and of itself. Yay. Uh, but I would argue that the Game of Thrones prequels have a lot of issues mm-hmm. with regards to social issues, and Game of Thrones is maybe defined by it. Yep. So let's jump into the <clears throat> one most in our comfort zone and most obvious, too. For both of these, which is sexism. Yay! <laughs> hmm. Um, I mean, Star Wars prequels, like, I mean, everything that is Padme, Amidala, <laughs> literally everything. I mean, not literally everything, because she starts off strong. She does. Ish. Yeah, she could have been, like, she's a 14-year-old who's the political leader of her planet. I mean, which we makes don't no have to go into- sense, but okay. Right, exactly. We don't have to, doesn't have to make sense, but like, she is a political figure who also is very strategic and militaristic. Like, she's very tactically minded. She's also very empathetic. And like, there are a lot of good things to like about Padme Amidala mm-hmm. in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> she's an angel. Right. Yeah. According to nine year old. Yeah. I mean, speaking um, of going for younger men. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> I hate you so much. I know. Oh, my least favorite part about that is when they had them tell each other they cared for each other. I was like, you are nine and 14 children. You don't care yeah, for what was each that? other. What, what, what was that even in for? I'm sure it was to set up a romantic arc later. It was Yeah, but like, dumb, I mean, though. she's a nine year old. Right? Yeah. I have no idea why they played it that way at all. Like, seriously, like, why was that necessary? I don't, it wasn't, it was just weird. Weird. Nine-year-old Anakin wasn't necessary. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation, but yeah, Attack of the Clones is where her writing went, you know. No, but like, at least in Attack of the Clones, like, there was something to her as like a character, like she had agency within the story, even if it was stupid. But like, right. Return of the Sith, she's literally just sitting there being pregnant. Yeah. That's all she does. And like well, even come like on, the attack s- of the clones, she fucks off and puts Jar Jar in charge. No, but like like even like the small amount of like stuff she had to do in that story ended up on the cutting room floor. And not that it would have helped much, but it would have been something. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Every single deleted scene out of um Revenge of the Sith had to do with her being a senator, mm-hmm. right? It, like- and like starting the rebellion. There are apparently a couple of deleted scenes where like that yeah, but show she's her like so and dumb in those Organa scenes. She and like, like she's just stupidest like there was this one scene where she's just like hey emperor palpatine or chancellor palpatine at that point are you evil and he's like no <laughs> i'm not evil and she's like okay i'm leaving now oh like that's the scene joy joy wrote on this i'll link her piece because it's really funny because it's um <laughs> so bad. it starts off when she's like pop is not an interesting character she's kind of like cardboard but you get the feeling that she might have once held something interesting in her cardboard box like heirloom tomatoes oh <laughs> i love it but yeah no tomatoes. she she literally does just sit and she's pregnant and she's wearing matronly clothes in the third movie. Whereas in the second movie, she's wearing like, I don't know. She's got that like crop top, right? I liked this deleted scene out of Attack of the Clones where she goes to visit her family and she's like <laughs> Not wearing running a bra. around. She's <laughs> running around braless. And then like her, her mom and sister are dressed head to toe like nuns. And then they just like proceed to just fail the Bechtel test so hard. Yep. Yeah. Because oh. all they can talk about is Anakin. And all the men's can talk about is how they have to protect the women's. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh. Okay, so... Or like how these she works. spends like two thirds of the second movie saying like, "No, Anakin, this is weird. No, Anakin, I'm a senator. I can't. I'm do a senator. This. I can't have a boyfriend. I can't have a boyfriend." And then he's like, 
but I love you. And she's suddenly like, okay, fine then. Like, and so, like, okay, the parallel with the, like, Padme and Anakin and Deadboard is just, oh like, gosh. so spot on right now. You're not wrong. It's just, it's the exact same relationship as far as I can tell. I don't like sand. Sand <laughs> is rough and coarse and gets everywhere. <laughs> not like Look you. Look at my dragon glass, Deadpan. <laughs> Like, it's that level yeah. of, like, supposedly sizzling chemistry between these yeah, two. Yeah, and everyone characters. was like, oh, you and you and Jon Snow sure have a thing. And you're just like, what? <laughs> this is my favorite part. It's so badly done and so rushed that they need everyone else around them. Uh-huh. Like, hey. Right. Well, like, so- Deadpan has had this issue where, like, she doesn't have an original thought in her head and she hasn't for a couple of seasons. Hey, she at least had the original thought to tell Dario to take his clothes off. <laughs> she She did that on her own. Hooray, sexual harassment. Yay. Yay. It's not sexual harassment if a woman does it. Nope. Which, again, is one of... I mean, well, that's a pretty major issue in Game of Thrones in general. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. Male victimization being played for laughs or ignored or, like, dismissed. Literally, in the most recent episode, we had a character that we're supposed to like telling a victim of sexual assault to stop whinging because he could have had it worse because his sexual assault involved a naked woman. So... Mm. It's that bad. It's that bad. And that that was sexual assault after he was, like, sold like a sack of potatoes. Right. Yeah, he was sold. Right. Literally sold. Well, I I mean, this is the same show that played, like, a young teenage boy's sexual abuse at the hands of an older woman as, like, oh, yeah, look how hot. You're so lucky that, like, this older woman wants to have sex with you. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? It's, I mean, this isn't funny. I was going to talk about catty women on um game of thrones is another sexist trope that the show falls into but then i was thinking like oh yeah what about in star wars were there catty women i don't think there were two women interacting in star wars prequels except for those deleted scenes with (laughs) with With the the brawless Padme and her sister and your brother (laughs) which majorly failed the bechdel test yeah and i guess like mon mothma and uh padme were in the same room at one point yeah. But those scenes all end up on the cutting room floor. But yep. like, even female Jedi, yeah, like, nope. they're in the background, yep. but not like Mace and fucking mm-hmm. Yoda. And, yeah. Right. No I mean, if you, if you asked anyone what the name of the Twi'lek Jedi was, unless they're a hardcore Star Wars fan, they're not going to know. Yeah, yeah, honestly, Clone I don't Wars, know. yeah. I think, I believe it's Isla Sakura. Yeah, because she but, gets like development and shit in Clone Wars. Right. Yeah, she become yeah. And then there's yeah. another one. There's another um, female, like background female Jedi character in the first movie in the Phantom Menace that becomes um, that gets a story arc later on. But yeah, like they they exist, mm-hmm. but which I guess is nice. I mean, it is nice. That I they mean, the exist, original but, trilogy like, they didn't don't... pass the Bechdel test either at any point. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's it's been a consistent problem with Star Wars mm-hmm. for a while. It's a stupid test, but at the same yeah, time, well, it's it's, you know... it's not a perfect test. <laughs> Mm-mm. Like no, but like yeah. you know, there's something to say. At least Game of Thrones has women that are able to be catty with each other. Mm-hmm. There's a whole other host of tropes, but they have multiple ones, and then we can pick apart. I mean, the ways Game of Thrones, sexes. like like that conversation with Arya and Sansa in this past episode that passed the be- passed the Bechdel test. Yeah, yeah, it was Arya threatening to murder her sister. Yeah, that, that's yes. not about a man. I mean, it, <laughs> it was not about a man it's at true. all. <laughs> Um, oh, what man. we're going to do, I'm going to link my sexism and season six uh, series of pieces. It's three of them. It's the fallacy of women on top. And then let's move on to racism because. Oh, they- Star Wars. <sighs> the prequel tricks a- don't work on me, only money. George Lucas has a problem. It's like every. Oh, because it's not. I mean, I could just keep going. There's, you have, I mean, Jar Jar is like mm. that whole, the Gungans are just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, racial it's just stereotype. like that guy in Gone with the Wind, you know, who was like chasing the turkey around so the white folks can have Thanksgiving or whatever. Right. Remember that? Yeah, it's like exactly that same character. Oh my God. I mean, he actually uses like linguistic phrases that are not all that different from mm-hmm. African American vernacular English. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty clear what that is. The Nemordians, which are the, that's the trade federation, are very racist. East Asian stereotypes, yeah. East Asian stereotypes. Um, yeah. Which, why? I mean, he might as well call them, like, the yellow A peril A, you know, like. Right? Oh my god. (laughs) And then you've got the Jew trying to screw Qui-Gon out of his slave bet. Like, what the fuck? Yep. Yep. 
Oh, I mean, I guess it got better in the second and third in that only the Nemoidians stuck around. Well, because then you just well, don't have yeah. really... Diversity. Right. Well, like, like even like, you know, A New Hope didn't have like a single black person in it unless you count James Earl Jones. And in Empire Strikes Back, they put like a few in the background in Cloud City. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, yeah, you had Samuel Lando. L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson was always in the foreground. Yeah. 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 So that was but, some. I know, Red Letter Media talks shit. about that in a very pointed way. <laughs> so, um, I, I think I will, I will, I will just like point you to that discussion and not comment on it further. But, yeah. uh, like, yeah, it, it's a problem. And when you get into Game of Thrones, this is something that we've oh talked about quite a bit. Um, especially in terms of like the portrayal of Dorne, uh, and how it's just, um, like when you ha- when you have like a piece of media that talks about ethnic stereotypes, like ethnic stereotypes are a thing that exists, so you're allowed to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're not supposed to take them at face value. <laughs> like that's kind of the point of talking about ethnic stereotypes is to challenge them. Right, and like just because. Yeah, context says mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Context is necessary because you can include a racial stereotype and you could be trying to call it out or subvert yeah. it or rather make, like, than just like, like I'm thinking of the Please Hello song from Pacific Overtures, you know, that's like a collection of mm-hmm. ethnic stereotypes that like it's it's used in a very particular way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can argue that it's problematic, but like it's like it's definitely not supposed to be like, yeah, that's what Dutch people are really like, you know? <laughs> That's that's never the that's never the point. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, when you wrote a you wrote a really really good piece about Dorn and Orientalism, mm-hmm. Julia did. Yeah. So we'll link that as well because that's a really good piece, like really exploring how the TV show took racial stereotypes that are mentioned in the books at face value, where yeah. the whole point yeah. in the books is that they were wrong. Yeah. Well. Absolutely. And the other thing that the show has done, too, is uh, Daenerys's white savior complex. Yeah. Mm. And, like, how in the books there is a bit of a deconstruction of it. It's also not a visual well, medium. The thing, so, like, the thing that, like, uh, the white savior complex and the orientalist kind of lens have in common is that, like, the the people of color, whatever you want to call them in this context, the, they only exist in the story in relation to the white protagonists. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that, that kind of like is Orientalism. Like you, you have this place that only exists to be contrasted. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like that's really what they do. Like that's kind of the function of Slaver's Bay in the books as well, kind of. Like not nearly like. Yeah, the, what Lauren does in Essos is not nearly as successful as what he does in Dorn, yeah. I will say. Yeah. But, you know, I, I want to link our, uh, part two of our Simplified Bay analysis, mm-hmm. She's a Conqueror, when we talk about basically the treatment of the Dothraki and Danny in her arc last year and how it was supposed to be this great empowering thing and it ended up being like one of the most offensive, like patronizing <laughs> things ever. It's just like, uh, it was, oh, those, those rudimentary savages need to have their like, you know, social structure burned down by deadpan because she knows what's best for them mm-hmm. remember like i'm still not with the fact that they had this whole thing with the with the dash Khalid and then like we never see them again i'm still not yeah, over that. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like, um mm. yeah so okay we're we're kind of at the end of the time that we have for our fun segment this was supposed to be kind of fast uh be it known that game of thrones also has major issues with ableism mm-hmm. especially its portrayal of ptsd ageism is kind of horrible uh, there's horror phobia. There's like it. It pretty much anything offensive, anti-religious stuff. Really anything you can be offended by. Game of Thrones will find a way, right, to offend you. Um, I think Star Wars is the prequel trilogy is mildly better. Yeah, I don't think it. it I wouldn't say it has as many issues with definitely not ageism. Well, like I think that like the prequels are so sexually repressed, right? You know, just in general. I mean, well, like, yeah. the, the one comparison that, like, you could potentially make is um, the treatment of the Twi'leks. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's a problem with old canon Star Wars just generally. Um, with this magical culture where – or not magical. This culture where, like, conveniently all of the female characters are sex slaves. Um, or, like, Christ. erotic dancers. And that was something that was a huge problem in old canon – Prequel trilogy, like, is just on the 
beginning of when Star Wars is starting to address the issue. Mm-hmm. It's not something that be, like majorly gets addressed until I would say new canon material. So like, yeah, in the prequel trilogy, you have some background Twi'leks that are overly sexualized. There is a Twi'lek Jedi, um, who still has, I think you could make a case for like similar issues with like the over sexualization of her body compared to like the other female Jedi. Yeah. Um, but like that's like, like a lot of the Jedi kind of dress. Right. In particularly cultural ways. Like, there's a, the other female Jedi who's, like, covered from head to toe like a nun. Right. Yeah. yeah like, so. yeah, that's... That so, seems to I mean, be, but, like, a cultural thing that Twi'leks, right. like, don't cover parts of their bodies very much. But that doesn't seem to be the case with male Twi'leks, so, you know. It also doesn't seem to be the case with male Jedi. Yeah. They're all wearing the stupid robes that don't even that's make true. sense, but... Right. And there are there are female Jedi who wear the robes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Depo Balaba, who's one of the background characters in Kit The Phantom Menace. Yep, Kit Fisto. Um, so, like, but that's really the only, I think, analogy that you could draw to mm-hmm. the kind of horophobia that you have in Game of Thrones. I, I mean, it really is. It's just, that's the kind of thing where it's a different setting. Like, Game yeah, of Thrones is yeah, so, yeah. you know, purposefully seems to have exploited the, you know, sexualized. Yeah, yeah, the sexualized, you know, it's, I mean, they call it tits and dragons for a reason. Like, <laughs> Ian McShane calls it Ian that. Ian yeah. McShane, because, yeah, the exploitation of women's bodies is pretty common. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and I think, I think too that, like, these issues weren't really anything Lucas had much of an interest in addressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. I'm not sure happened, what but... Lucas was interested in when he wrote the prequels, to tell you the truth, so. Show me the money. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. That. There's that. <laughs> All right. On that note, we are going to transition into our final segment, sitcoms and parodies. You're starting to become a Jedi? I'm I'm a senator. Well, before anybody asks, I am on Team Parody. You're on Team Parody? Oh, we're choosing teams for this now, are we? I cannot, like, I can count the sitcoms I can stand on one hand. And, like, two of those are Seinfeld, because Seinfeld counts as two. Go, go, go. Seinfeld? Okay, keep going. Um... <laughs> I think that might be it. <laughs> wow, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm sure there's others I, I think are okay. But what can, what counts as a sitcom? Yeah, this crazy ex girlfriend count as a sitcom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> so does Arrested Development? That's a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So three. But so you have you have a larger list of parodies that you prefer, Julia? I like all the parodies. I like like Burning Love. I like. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I don't know. You put me on the spot. I can't think of any. <laughs> it's, it's impossible not to like it. Yeah. Well, um, there's, there was this Canadian, um, such, uh, it was, it was like a political satire show. It was kind of like the Daily Show, but before the Daily Show was around and it was, it was more like sketch based really than the stuff the Daily Show does. It was called, uh, Royal Canadian Air Farce. And that mm. was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which do we prefer sitcoms or parodies? <laughs> I don't know that I can even choose. Because mm-hmm. Seinfeld, like, raised me. Yeah. Um, Friends. Uh, Airplane. Better, Airplane is a parody. I love it. Airplane's a parody. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the literally the perfect movie. Uh-huh. Um, I think parodies feel more clever to watch. Okay. I think they're more intellectually stimulating, even when they're dumb parodies. I mean, there's like nothing Space about, Balls. like, the format of a sitcom that has to be brain-numbingly stupid. But no. the the likelihood of a sitcom being brain-numbingly stupid seems to be a lot higher than yeah. other genres. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm thinking Three and a Half Men. Like, that is just, like, the yeah. stupidest <sighs> show that has ever existed. Every single episode is exactly the same, and nothing about it is actually funny in any way. And nope. how long was it on the air? Like... My I don't know. I mean, it was on for set for a lot of years. A lot of years. I mean, Big Bang Theory, I have a seething hatred of. So, like, I think, I think what it is too is that there's, there's, uh, sitcoms that I will loathe, and I don't think I can think of parodies I loathe unless, yeah. like, is Napoleon Dynamite a parody of a movie? It's a comedy. I'm not sure if it's a parody. I mean, it has parody, like, ele- like, Emma has parody elements in it, right? Like, yeah, um, but, um, I was trying to. Do I like How I Met Your Mother? Because there was a point where I liked it. I now I don't like it. I am definitely a, a parody girl. Yeah. Like I'm more like Julia. Like I have. There are a couple of sitcoms that I can watch, mm-hmm. but the list of them is very short. 
Well, I think the list of parodies I can watch is short just because I don't necessarily know what it's satirizing. Mm. I mean, those parody, like, there's an entire, like, genre of those parody movies, like, Not Another Teen Movie and Scary Movie and all those, like, those are technically parodies and they're not watchable, Uh, so. Yeah, you're right. What? Not Another Teen Movie is hilarious. (laughs) She took her glasses (laughs) off. No, she's hot. (laughs) That's, that's what it's, that's hilarious. I mean, that was the first one, right? And then it went too far. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Then it kept going. The thing the thing is, like, sitcoms that are on are really on. Like, Always Sunny, Arrested Development. Um, yeah. You know, Community, from what I understand, I haven't watched it. Apparently, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is another <gasps> Brooklyn Nine-Nine sitcom. is amazing. Right. Seinfeld, I would put in that category. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a, is a pair. And so is Community. It's like parodizing right. TV, basically. It's a situation... I think that's the bridge between parody and yeah. sitcom. Yeah. Sitcom. And like The Office. Si- that's, that's like a mockumentary, a parody, right? But it's in workplace, like basically there's four types of sitcoms, right? Yeah. There's family gimmicks, places, and occupations. So Office, Parks and Rec are firmly in that latter category, but they're in a mockumentary style. Yeah. Like mm. the Christopher Guest movie parody. So but I the, think, I think the situational comedy is kind of like, take place in reality but like something like the office like that's not reality you know i think it was supposed to be at least until it got weird yeah no but like michael scott isn't like he's not danny tanner you know like yeah that's that's not like a real person (laughs) i was actually thinking about that like how did he get promoted in the first place (laughs) like you're not supposed to take that seriously as a character could actually exist well and part of it might just be like that that sitcoms have evolved. Okay. That there, like, oh. that there are, there is a certain, like, strain of sitcom that has evolved to take on more of the parody style. Like, that doesn't yeah. mean that there aren't still sitcoms that exist in the same framework that, like, we were raised on. Cause they do yeah. exist, and I think most of them are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, like Fuller House. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, or like The Big Bang Theory. I mean, cause yeah. that's like, I mean, it's like a nerdy version of Friends is what they're trying to be. Um, and I just, yeah, yeah I, still don't get the I don't appreciate friends. I know that. you have a soft spot for friends, uh, Kylie, but I, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't like have... any of those characters. I also don't get any, both of your guys' love of Seinfeld, so I will be the token I don't like Seinfeld. <laughs> Those are despicable characters. You're not supposed to like. Yeah, Seinfeld. Seinfeld is for me like nature documentaries a little bit. Yes, yeah, Seinfeld's like a. It's it's always sunny, basically. Yeah. No, it's not though, because I like it's always sunny. and I hate Seinfeld. I don't. I don't know. I can't. I, I hate Frasier so much. I I sometimes enjoy Frasier. Frasier yeah. is hit or miss. There are certain episodes where I'm like, just stop, dude. No, please, no. But then there are ones that are, I think, really. The ones that are more in that it's always sunny vein where you're just like, wow, Fraser and his and Niles are pretty awful. And they're kind of getting what they deserve right now because they're kind of awful. And like those yeah. are the episodes I really enjoy. Because Fraser's not a nice person. Right. Like here's the thing about Fred's. The episodes are great when Ross is like made fun of and they hit this stride in basically seasons four through season seven where they realize how terrible Ross is and the humor's still fresh enough that like they can just sort of have these naturally gelling personalities. But the early seasons of Friends are unwatchable and the later seasons of Friends are infuriating. Uh, And like it hasn't like we talked about this like with when we talked like how it's like not aged well in many ways. Nope. No, God, no, not at all. There's like it, it, there's just jokes. Joey gets a roommate, uh, and she arranges flowers in a vase, and he helps her out with it. And then Chandler comes in and laughs at him and says, "You're turning into a woman." Yeah, but like even Seinfeld had moments like that. Like remember the when Jerry was dating a woman with large hands. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but it's not supposed to be sympathetic. It's supposed to be like, these guys are fucking assholes. For instance, for instance, there is an episode that I just watched where George has gay panic because he has a male masseuse and a masseur, I guess, and his penis moves as he's getting a massage. So he comes out and he's like, I think it moved. And the entire episode is just basically, he's bisexual. He's just a repressed bisexual because he's terrified of being with men. And he's like, Men pop up into my dreams. He's bisexual now. is your solution to everything, but okay. No, but like this is actually <laughs> Julia. He says like men pop up into his fantasies, and he says get on out of here, and they wink at him and stay around. Like okay, fine. <laughs> that's a bisexual man. He's just terrified of it. Okay, fine. Oh my god. <laughs> 
And that entire episode, it makes George look like an idiot mm-hmm. for being weirded out by this and for, like, going through this trouble with it. It's done, it's done well. I mean, for Seinfeld. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I'm actually curious what you guys think of, like, old, old, old sitcoms. Like, I Love Lucy. Did you watch any of those? Um, well, that's aged a hell of a lot better than Friends. <sighs> yeah, weirdly <laughs> enough. I remember there was this episode uh, of, um... Of I Love Lucy when Lucy and Ethel, like, declare that they want to be treated just like men. And there's this whole thing they're about to leave for the night, and they, like, give their husbands their coats to put on. And then, like, the husbands look at each other, they put the coats back down, and to go back to the conversation. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, um, I also used to watch a lot of Brady Bunch. I've never mm. seen, like, I've seen, like, maybe half an episode of the actual Brady Bunch, so my only experience with the Brady Bunch is, like, the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> Which is a parody. I've never really watched Brady Bunch. Uh, they have they have a musical number. Like, My... Let's all go for a walk outside. Yeah. The Brady Bunch movie is brilliant. It is parody. brilliant. Both of them are pretty brilliant. My parents didn't really like sitcoms, so like that was never really a part of my like television experience as a child. Are there, like, and that Christian may have sitcoms? like what? They're like Christian sitcoms. I don't know. Um, other than Fuller House, ones like yeah, yeah, Seventh Heaven, Seventh Heaven. Very wholesome. I don't. It's not funny at all, but. Yeah, that was just like not TV that we, we didn't really watch a whole lot of TV anyway. So, I mean, that may shape why I just, I'm not drawn to sitcoms in any particular yeah. way. It has to be something that's like on, and then I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of funny, I guess. Um, I'm not like, if someone says like, ooh, new sitcom, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. What is Have it about fun. Arrested Development then? Because I know we all like it. Well, because they're all super dysfunctional. It's <laughs> well, the thing about That's Arrested Development is, is that it's actually funny. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are some things that haven't aged well. I like the I like the weird ass but... fourth season. I like the whole timeline thing. Oh. I didn't like that at all. So I do. I know nobody else liked it. I'm like the only one who liked the third series, uh, third season of Enterprise too. So I don't I'm remember which it. one that is. It's the one with the Zindi arc. I thought the Zindi arc was good. Hey, since we all like parodies best, let's talk about some of our favorite parodies then. Because it seems like we're just going to be like, oh, Seinfeld, I disagree. I I like the Monty Python parodies, like uh, Holy Grail and um, uh, Life of Brian. They're both very clearly parodies. Um, They're coconuts and they're Jesus stuff. Yep. I love... I have the whole box set of their TV show, and it's hilarious. Um... What else, what's the other one I really like? Um, uh, I really like British parody. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really clever. Um, Fry and Laurie. So it's Stephen Fry and yes, Hugh Laurie. Yes. A little bit of Fry and Laurie. I love that yeah, show. I love their skits. It's so funny. They're, yeah. I mean, it, the whole thing is basically parody. My favorite is still the parody of, um, when they're making fun of MI5, like the whole series of sketches where they're like making fun of like the British government. <laughs> it's really funny. Right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, well, how, how do we feel about Austin Powers? Um, I hate it. <laughs> I mean, it's like what a, about another you, thing. By Julia? the time you got to the third one, you're just like, stop. I hated it from the first one. I thought that the that that way of situ- there's so much that you can parody with James Bond mm-hmm. that it went in that direction is so weird. Like Naked Gun is Leslie Nielsen yeah. sort of satirizing, you know, a spy, but they do it by him thinking he's very competent still and just being a fucking idiot. And that, to me, is so much funnier. Or, like, the the Pink Panther is... I mean, all the Pink Panther movies are basically yes. parodies of spy films. And they're hilarious. Well, maybe not hilarious, but they're really funny. <laughs> they're not, like, I Yeah, they're delightful. They're not Life of Brian. Right. No, they're not Life of Brian. But they're definitely better, in my opinion, than Austin Powers. I'll be perfectly honest. The best parodies I've ever seen have been fan-made. And they've been, like, a bridge series style. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Project Voice Bend for Legend oh, of Oh, my gosh. Just freaking hilarious. Like, they're, they're one that they just did with Peacekeepers in the Sting. That that episode is one of the funniest things I've ever watched. Um, DC Abridged Universe, that's another YouTube channel that does it. Uh, they did a full... I watched, like, their... Um, I think it's called Justice League Wars, the one. And then they also did Throne of Atlantis. It's just those two. And they're like four, five part like movies that they did the whole thing of. And it's really some of the funniest stuff I've seen. And amazing voice acting too. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably been my favorite is the fan made stuff. Even Burning Love to a degree. Oh my God, Burning Love. That was a web series. I mean, that mm. was just a bunch of like really goofy actors having a fun time with The Bachelor and Bachelor. But it wasn't like, you know, a parody movie or anything. 
and that no, it's like if you haven't watched Burning Love, go dig it out. It is so <sighs> on point. It's not like it's just. You can get it on Amazon Video, mm-hmm. and you will fall in love with June Diane Raphael because she's an amazing actor. Uh, the Arl Knots parodies, yes, I know we've talked about this yeah. before, but the Star Wars oh Arl Knots parodies are so dumb and so funny. I mean, they're, like, they're Han and I Leia, or, like, my headcanon Han and Leia, which is the best thing ever. <laughs> and when he's like, I-, I love you, and she's like, I like you. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> my favorite part is the... Is Creepio? Yeah. <laughs> Especially because Creepio is now canon in the Star Wars universe. God, I love it. Dr. Aphra, right? Yes. Dr. Aphra, <laughs> like one of Dr. Aphra's like sidekick droids is Creepio. Like he's an, like he's a bloodthirsty, like assassin droid who wants to like peel people's skin off. It's hilarious. I'm into roots now. Right. Like, yeah, I love that. Star, there are a lot of good sci-fi parodies. Like those are some of my favorites. Yeah, like um, even oh, like yeah. like I know you, I know you hate Family Guy, Kylie, but their Star Wars parodies were not. No, bad no, at their all. Star Wars ones were yeah. really good. Yep. I mean, Spaceballs was like the first, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So it did ding, ding, better. Ding, 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 uh, Galaxy ding. Quest. Oh, Galaxy oh, Quest. Gal- yeah. Galaxy yeah, Quest yeah, is yeah. good. Galaxy Quest has Alan Rickman in it. Like yes. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. What's the um. You know what? Princess Bride is a parody. Yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah. definitely has parody aspects. Yeah, and then well, the whole, uh, have you that, have you read the book? Yeah, I mean, like the, it's a lot raunchier. But well, and the book is a. I mean, the book is a satire of yeah of uh like nineteenth century realism. Yeah, and then um, what's his face also starred in uh Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes, yeah. is another and Harry I would call Shrek. I would call Shrek. I don't think Robin Hood Men in Tights was very funny, but um, Shrek is um Shrek is another one of those things where like you know the first Shrek. It was fine. But then, like, every single DreamWorks movie became, like, Shrek. And... Yep. See, I have never seen the sequel to Shrek, so ah. Shrek is very high in my mind. I mean, I, but... like, the Shrek ones aren't as bad as, like... Did you guys see Enchanted? Really yes. No. Enchanted is the best. That was funny until it got, like, oh, it's a rom-com and we have to close this out with a rom-com ending. But it was funny. She opens like, a dress shop with, like, nice princess yeah. dresses. And she's empowered by sewing. I like it. Well, yeah, I like Amy Adams' character. It's it's what's-his-face being... Uh, the guy who's in every single chick book ever, Richard Dempsey. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, alright, we got it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I, I like it when women are empowered by sewing. What can I say? Yeah. But stuff like Scary Movie, I was never really into yeah. More than anything. But I also don't like Scary Movies. It's not going to be as funny to be. Right. You see parody. That said, I will defend not another teen movie with my okay. dad's breath. Like, I, I literally, like, watched it when it came out and haven't seen it since. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention is any Christopher Guest mockumentary film, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, yes. uh, A Mighty Wind, all of them. Spinal they kinda, Tap. Uh, he kind of kicked off mockumentaries. I actually haven't seen Spinal Tap. I need to. It goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, that means nothing to me. Thank you. Some Spinal Tap, though. Uh, I mean, Mel Brooks movies, too. Yeah. I mean, a few of them are kind of hit and miss too, like the history of the world or whatever it's called. That yeah, one but like funny. blazing, like blazing, blazing saddles. saddles is brilliant. Okay, so I'm such a bad Jew. I've only seen space. No, you got to see blazing saddles at least. Blazing saddles is hilarious. Yeah. My mom didn't like Mel Brooks, so she was just always like, "Ah, we're not gonna watch that. We're gonna watch my cousin Vinny." I got. <laughs> I like my cousin Vinny. <laughs> it's a good movie, but like, I could have done with a little diversity. Yeah. Right, any closing thoughts on sitcoms and parodies and uh, how we feel about still Still on team parody. Same. I think after talking through everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't imagine my life without Seinfeld. I really can't. Okay. And I don't want yeah, to. That's like, fair. I don't have to. So there mm-hmm. you go. This is this is not like a this is not like a shipping war. You're yeah. allowed to like we Both need to sides. get shirts that say sitcom. Team, <laughs> team sitcom, team parody. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be perfect. We should just have a double-sided shirt on one side that says team parody, on the other side that says team sitcom. Yes. Why not? Play the best of both worlds. Yeah. All right. Speaking of shirts, we have some for sale Me at too. the Fundamental Store. We actually have a new shirt that just got designed called the Unkillable Queer, which... Uh, it's a definition t-shirt similar to Dramatic Satisfaction, and that was inspired by Winona Earp. Right. Which uh, just concluded, right? Uh, tonight. Well, yeah. tonight well, for when we're recording. It will have but, concluded the f- last Friday. Yeah, exactly. So check out our store. There's a very easy navigation from the fandomentals.com. Uh-huh. 
check out Gretchen's final review of Winona Earp, and I'm yes. sure she's going to have final, final thoughts on the season as well. I don't know because... if I'm going to survive till tomorrow. I know, I know. I'm nervous for you. <sighs> I need to go get a vanilla but... dip donut. Oh, I totally, <laughs> I, I, I totally this. get behind that. But make sure it's the kind with the round rainbow sprinkles. That's the only kind of vanilla dip I like. Okay, sure. Okay. Well, I mean, rainbow sprinkles are totally appropriate. No, not the stick ones, just the round ones. Okay. As long oh, as you wow. call sprinkles and not Jimmy's. I'm going to have this thing called churro poutine tonight. It's like churros with, like, chocolate sauce at the bottom, and they call it poutine for some reason, even though it's nothing like poutine. Isn't poutine, like, potatoes yeah. and ketchup? It's, no, it's no, potatoes it's gravy. and cheese curds and gravy. Oh. It's delicious. I, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, yeah, they're calling, like, everything poutine now. So they're... Is it like hummus, how they'll just mash... Yeah, they'll mash yeah. anything and call it hummus. Yeah, it's the same with poutine. It's like, it's like churros it's... in, like, a cup, and they call it poutine. It's a pile of carbs with sauce on top. It's poutine. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think I can get behind that, actually, but okay. <laughs> really quick story about hummus. Uh-huh. My step, my stepmom sent me a recipe for eggplant hummus, which if Baba anyone knows anything about flavor profile, right, that's baba ganoush, right? <laughs> Except this one wasn't. It had, like, hoisin sauce in it and had very specifically, like, Chinese food what? flavors. Yeah. How is that hummus? It's not. It's just mashed. And it's just, like, eggplant, a lot oh of garlic, gosh. hoisin sauce, and some chili sauce. Like, right. stop calling things hummus.com. <laughs> you should buy that domain. So you should buy that, that domain name, Kylie. Stop calling oh things hummus.com. Yeah, well, she's she's already got um, old people sit too close to webcast.com, so why not? No, I changed that. There's a redirect. It just goes to Julia sits too close to webcast.com. <laughs> Oh okay, this is devolving. Really old, so. If you guys like listening to us, <laughs> then tell your friends about us. Maybe not this episode, but our other ones. And uh, otherwise, we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. in these like 20 year old boys streams <laughs> <laughs> but it's relaxing and like i don't type or anything i don't do anything so it's harmless right okay kylie oh shut up i love Are you, you. Gonna, what yeah she was making fun of me earlier for going for younger men before this so <laughs> God only knows you're my tristana oh my god <laughs> and we are talking about doing this fanfic officially always happens